Well, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Shiloh family and friends, those tuning in from around southeastern Connecticut, around the country, and even around the world, we bless God for you tonight. Thank God we're gathered once again in this cyber sanctuary. Before I press my claims to this scripture, this moments, I want to remind you next Sunday, this coming Sunday, is Communion Sunday. We're going to fellowship with the Lord's Supper this coming Sunday. So that means if you'd like, you can stop by the church on Sunday morning early between 8 and 9 and pick up a communion kit. Uh, but if you, whatever you have at home is perfectly good. Get some crackers, some Welch's grape juice, and get the family gathered around. We're going to bless whatever you have. Now, let me put it to you like this. If you don't have Welch's grape juice, if you have orange juice, whatever it is, juice you have, put it before the Lord. We're going to bless it. Get a piece of cracker. If you need be, find a corner of a slice of bread, and let's get ready to celebrate together. We'll bless and commune together this Sunday. So be online for a wonderful, explosive worship from the Lord in our cyber sanctuary. We'll be meeting in the cyber sanctuary. Now, I'm excited about that because I know God has been meeting us here and blessing us anyhow. So let's go ahead to the word of God. Before we get the word of God, let's pray right now. Everyone bow with me. Oh, God, we love you. We worship you. So much sickness, so much trouble in the land. But you're yet God. Beside you there stands none other. Bless us now to hear your word. That we can love and live and laugh in your spirit. And be boldened to do your work, even in the earth realm. Quiet our troubled minds with the peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, saints, get your Bibles out. Uh, Psalm 46, Psalm 46. We've been looking at it. You know this word. I don't need to push it long, but it's simply verse 10 has been the basis of our dialogue. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. We're back in our series, The Quiet Mind for Troubled Times. This is uh, the sixth iteration of this word, the sixth part, The Quiet Mind for Troubled Times. I, I've postulated over the last few weeks that contemplation and as I understand it, I'm going to call it prayer, is the way of entry. And, it, and, and I use contemplation to think of prayer as the way of settling down. And we're going to use some form of basic centering prayer to be before God in God's divine presence. And that's how we're going to get before the Lord in this time which leads to communion with God in sacred space. And so what we do at that point is we, we want to learn. Before I proceed on, let me just say this. I want you to learn how to center down. Center down. Now that, that is to quiet your mind. 
to, to breathe, to bring your body and mind into connection and be able to have it saturated with the spirit of the living God and have the spirit of the living God use you and move in you and through you and for you in a magnificent way. Now, I've told you that when you learn how to develop a prayer life like we're talking about, a contemplative life, it becomes a lifestyle. You know, the Bible says pray without ceasing. And in truth, it doesn't mean go around all day saying, Our Father with our in heaven. It doesn't mean you go around all day speaking in tongues. Um, you know, um, uh, as much as it may buoy your spirit, um, others may be confused by your gifting and think that you need extra support. You need to realize to pray without ceasing is to live a contemplative, live a prayer lifestyle that you allow the Spirit of God to continuously function in you. Now, that's going to take some work to get there because most of us, and please don't be offended by this, but even if you are, accept it for what it is. Most of us have been saved, but we haven't been transformed. I'll give you a moment to chew on that. We've been saved, but not transformed. We're busy still now telling people, well, this is just me. This is my personality. I'll come to this before we leave here today. You need to know that your personality is a part of you. And if all of you is under the subjection and will of God, then your personality is as well. And what you want to do is to be transformed, and we're going to deal with that tonight, by the renewing of your mind. It begins with prayer. But you don't have to move. See, you could go to heaven still telling folk off. Yes, many have done it. You can go to heaven still using some of the words that you know you shouldn't. You can go to heaven doing some of the things you know you shouldn't. Now, that, I might be stretching it a little bit, but I'm trying to make a point here. The point is that a renewed mind and a transformed mind makes a difference in every area of your life. I know we use the well-worn cliche by now uh, that, that it, if he is not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You need to have a transformed mind that brings everything under subjection. There's nothing I leave out of the will of God. My mind is renewed. My mind is renewed. Well, when you get to this, this kind of uh, contemplation prayer, I'm talking about you get to make an exchange when you start praying. You get to exchange your stress for stillness. Your stress for stillness. So you give him your stress and you get a chance to be still. 
and know that I am God. You get to exchange, and this is the hard one, you're secular for sacred. Some call it sanctification. Let's just call it sacred. You're secular for sacred. And let me help you. If you want to know how, how far along on the transformation you are, you just ask yourself, how, how secular am I? If you ask yourself, how carnal am I? It will give you an indication of the work you need to do to become completely transformed. Now, I'm not talking about your salvation because if you believed on him, I believe that his atoning work doesn't need to be redone for you. But don't, don't talk about walking a deeper walk and digging into the depths of God and not wanting to be transformed. You, you get to exchange your searching for serenity. You're searching for serenity. Now, understand, serenity is just another way of talking about peace. And we're going to talk about peace and we're going to go all around peace and get on top of peace as a part of this. But, but prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Back in the old church, said prayer is the key and faith unlocks the door. Prayer is the key. We're, there are a lot of different kinds of prayers. And uh, traditionally, uh, Catholics uh, do several different kinds of prayers. But, but, but they fall into four kinds and, and four types. And they are uh, prayers of the Catholics are prayers of adoration, which are praising God. Um, contrition, which is asking God's forgiveness. Petition, which is asking God for favor. And thanksgiving, which is showing God gratitude. You, you don't need to write these down. I just want you to know that's, that's the Catholic um, four types of prayers. Many Protestants use a similar format and it's it's done we we call it the acts a c t s and uh the formula goes something like this adoration again that's that worship to god confession lord i confess my sins i know i done messed up i'm sorry forgive me this is my sorry for to, i'm sorry wrong song um thanksgiving and supplication. That spirit just jumped on me. I heard it in my mind. And those four things are there. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I feel my help done come. My anointing is resting on me now. Now, I want to suggest to you and, and you're going to have to stay close on me tonight because this is going to be helpful. I want you to understand that all of those prayers are for the temporal world. They are prayed in time and space. And those prayers are generally offered as intercessory for needs in time and space. They are all for the temporal world. Temporal is just another way of saying temporary. 
and they are prayed for temporary needs, intercession for needs in the time-space world. Now here is the undergirding assumption here. The basic assumption of prayer from all believers is that God can and will get intimately involved in the affairs of humanity. That God can and God will get intimately involved in the affairs of humanity. The greatest truth for Christians is the greatest proof is Jesus. He is the, the greatest sign of God's involvement within the time-space world. He shows up as proof. Now, because of our relationship with God and because of God's relationship with us as creator, we have developed a need-based relationship with God. And, and I put it this way, a need-based prayer relationship with God. And, and please allow me to say, it's one that God encourages and honors. Asking it shall be given, seeking ye shall find, knocking the door shall be opened. God encourages it. God gives us permission to do it. Call upon me and I will answer and show you great and mighty things that you know not of. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their weak ways, then will I hear from heaven. It is encouraged that we would pray those need-based prayers. Yet, while encouraged because it is one significant and major aspect of our relationship with God, Yet it's not the highest or best way. It's not the only way. Let me, um, <clears throat> this going to mess somebody up right now. I know I'm going to mess you up. You see, if my relationship with you is based on you doing what I ask you to do, and if that's how you understand our relationship, I do whatever you, you, what you ask me to do. Then when I say no, you're going to be upset because you always say yes. Or when I tell you that you, you say, well, Lord, this is what I want. And I walk and I back off from it and don't just put it in your hands. Now you're upset because it's always supposed to work this way. I call you answer. Whenever I call you, Lord, you answer. And he does. And sometimes his answer is no. Come, come here, Daniel. Uh, what happened with that then? I'm sure you were praying not to go in there. Come here, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. What happened with that furnace? I'm certain you didn't want to go in there. And if you were righteous enough to go through it, you must have been righteous enough to have a prayer life with God. 
so that God could be able to say no and you not lose your faith. That you are at such a level in God that you were beyond carrots and bubble gum. You were beyond stick or carrot. You didn't need God to, to either beat you or bless you. All you wanted to do was to have a relationship with God and to do God's will. You see, what we have done, and, 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 and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something again. I'm, I preface these warnings that so that you know that it must be something important and something you're not used to hearing. So I, so I say you might be offended because I'm trying to prep you that what's going to follow, it could be accepted as offensive. Having given the warning, I'll be offensive. We spend too much time in transactional prayers. We're making a transaction. Lord, I praise you if you give me this. Lord, I praise you if you do that. Lord, I, I'll dance if you do this. And, 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 and we, we've passed that down so much for generations that people have gotten to the place where they'll come to church uh, long enough to get what they need. And then once the need is met, they're gone. They just wanted. To, they know the they know the, the usury that that is is around it. Nothing like being in relationship with someone, and the only time they talk to you is when they need something. I don't care how much you love them. You, you, you know, you see, I, I guarantee somebody watching me right now. Certain phone numbers show up on your phone right now. You go. Oh. You know the only reason they're calling. And now they used to try to you know, go around and say, how you doing and hello. Now they just ask what they want. And matter of fact, you, you almost appreciate that because at least I don't have to hear the rest of that stupid stuff. Let me say this. The deeper Christian life is found in intimacy with God at a relational, loving level. Get that down, get that down, get that down. You need to get that in your spirit. The deeper Christian life is found in intimacy with God at a relational, loving level. Relational, loving level. And having said that, you draw out the deep things from God. The deeper things are drawn out through time spent in stillness in his presence. That's how you get it. I'm not, I don't even need to ask for anything. I'm just going to be here. I'm going to be here. You, you know, can, can I bless you right here? The worry-free life, which is the life that has the quiet mind, recognizes that requests are not necessary from someone who knows 
what you need. You don't even have to make a request. If I know that's what you like and I love you, I'm going to try and get you what you like. I'm going to try and bless you. I'm going to try. You don't mind. I got to get here. If you know that's what, you don't even have to ask. I got people sitting in this room right now. I have to ask them to be here. Stuff getting done around here. Don't have to ask. Because if you're in relationship and you really love, love does. Now, if we do that for one another, how much more will God do that for us? Matthew 6.33. He says, bump the dumb stuff. It's in the text. It's just, as Reverend Cornish would say, it might be not on, be on the line, but it's in between the line. Matthew 6.33, he says, but seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. He already knows. He already knows. Okay. I, I, I want to show you what I think is the path to inner peace. Again, I, 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 I pressed upon my, my daughter, Christina, to help me depict my vision for this. And, and here it is now. This is the path for inner peace. And all of this is through prayer. I, I, here's the path. Here's the path. I, I love the arrow on the road going up. At the base of this, at the base here, is transactional prayers. And those transactional prayers, I am not denying them because I'm praying some right now. I got some saints that are sick, that I love, that I'm holding on to in prayer. I got some saints that I love who have lost loved ones, and I'm holding on to them in prayer, lifting them up. I am not against intercession, transactional prayers. I'm trying to help you now to know that that's not where it stops. So transactional prayers are prayed for my active life. They're for my active life. They're prayed for things going on in my active life. But at some point, I need to get to the place where I am in a transformational mode that my spirit life can be aligned with God's will. That's going to take transformation. Yep, that means you're going to put that attitude under the blood, your teeth smacking, two fingernail popping to the side, hand on the hip to the side. Brother, you're going to stop sulking and walking out the room. You're going to stop getting mad and not talking, being passive aggressive. All that stuff got to be put to the side and be transformed. That's a real spiritual life. See, you, you want to talk about, oh, I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you still a racist. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and you still a bigot. I'm saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, you still homophobic. Wait a minute, how saved are you?
See, when you've been transformed, you stop looking at things the way you used to look at. Because see, your flesh has been doing too much looking. You need to let the Holy Ghost start welling up in you and giving you new vision. That path of prayer, the transformational path, developing my spiritual life, leads me to the thronal. And, and before you think that's a misspelled word, that's not. Thronal simply means over, around the throne. Thronal, which is my inner life. And I want to develop my inner life that the throne of God can reign in my inner life. <sighs> okay, here's the hard question. Hard question is, can I ever get beyond need-based praying? Can I ever get beyond need-based praying? I, I want to answer that two ways. Yes and no. And two more ways. No and yes. In other words, there are things that I have been commanded to pray for. There are things I must pray for. As an intercessor, there are times when God wants you to intercede on behalf of others in a manner in which, because they're not in a position to intercede for themselves or to pray for themselves. There are some things that God has put in my hands and has told us that this you need to pray for. You need to release. Now, he would not have given us the power, whatsoever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatsoever you loose on earth, I'll loose in heaven if he did not intend for us to do some binding and some loosening. No sense in giving you power you're not supposed to use. There's some things that are loose that ought to be bound and some things that are bound ought to be loose. And the only reason they're in the position they're in is because nobody has decided to act in prayer. So I've got to pray. But it's not the only praying I need to be doing. I need to make time to pray intercessory. And I need to make time to pray relationally. To be in God's presence. And I want to tell you this. Most charismatics, most, most folks right now, most, most people who are like ourselves, who are, are in many Protestant churches who believe in the gifts and God moving and doing things, we have gotten good at praying for things. Where we have missed out is in learning how to be before God, how to spend time with God apart from when we need to ask for things from God. Um, this, this, this is going to be helpful. Jesus used to go alone, and he says that he went off from the mountain to pray. We set his disciples into the boats, and he went off in the mountain to pray. He, he was off praying. This is going to mess somebody's head up. 
he's all praying. He's doing all this, and he's he's um, praying all the time. Do you know one thing we don't have? We don't have any record of his prayers that he was praying in. We got some clues, some ideas. We don't really know what he was saying. And guess what? His disciples have been walking with him. We're off to serve the king of kings. They've been walking with him. And yet, someone had to come up and say, knock, knock. Um, can you teach us how to pray? Because it must have been something going on in the prayer life that was different than just saying words. I know I just messed somebody up. They're going to go back. They're going to be studying tonight. Woohoo! Can, can I bless you here? Because when you are really before the Lord, your greatest prayer is the prayer that aligns you with God. You're not praying for things as much as you're praying to be aligned with the great thing that God is doing. And the things come with it. Real transformation is getting to that. Well, let me do it this way. Sometimes what I see is a felt need and what's going on is not really what's, what I need to be praying for anyway. So get this. Some of our felt needs, and that's the things we've been praying about, are driven by our egos that have caused us to elevate our thinking above the mind of God. So we think we can tell God what we need. And we think we know better than God what we need. We think we got something that God don't have, I guess, because God, we must know better. We know more. I'm going to tell you something. We looking at that joker, somebody, oh, that's my husband. Find out his breath and britches. Just someone wearing pants, doesn't it? You, you all in love. You, you, you haven't asked God what God has for you. So <laughs> you got to align yourself with God's will. Okay. This again, I'm warning, warning, warning. At some point, you need to move from manipulative to mercy praying. I'll wait. Y'all going to get that one. From manipulative to mercy praying. And let me give you what manipulative is. Because I'm going to save you from disappointment forever and evermore. You'll never be disappointed again if you get this in your spirit. Because see, the only reason you're disappointed when your prayer is not answered is because your prayer was being prayed from your flesh and your ego. And then you got mad because God didn't decide to pat you on your head and feel your ego. So once you didn't get the pat on the head and you didn't get the cookie, now all of a sudden you're mad at God. No, you don't have to be mad at God. Because see, if you've been praying the will of God, what God gave you would have satisfied you and blessed you from the beginning. 
And don't think God knows how to give bad stuff. He's been blessing for a while long. Okay, what do I mean by manipulative? Manipulative means simply this. My ego knows best. My ego knows best. Mercy means God knows what I need. Manipulative, my ego knows best. Mercy means God knows what I need. My ego knows best or God knows what I need. Which one do you want? I'd rather go with God knows what I need rather than my ego knows best. See, this is the way of the transformed. The truly transformed seek to align their will with God. I'm, I'm going to um, bless you right here. So get, get, get your Bibles out again. Uh, this, this kind of prayer life will only take place in the transformed mind that has been renewed into the mind of Christ. This will only take place in the transformed mind that has been renewed into the mind of Christ. Into the mind of Christ. Here goes. Go with me again. Go with me now to Romans chapter 12. I want to uh, uh, get your Amplified Bible out. I'm going to make my sister happy over there. She's going she to get happy now. I got to the Amplified. Yeah. <laughs> I can see her now. Yes, Lord, the Amplified. <laughs> Listen, this is Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Therefore, I urge you, beginning at verse 1, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, that is, dedicating all of yourselves set apart. All of yourself be dedicated. Okay, listen. As a living sacrifice, holy and well-pleasing to God, which is your rational, right here, tick-tock, brain stop, which is your rational, logical, intelligent act of worship. God says, I want you to get, I want you to rationally, logically, and intelligently, you need to go ahead, and this is a rational thing to do, to present you to God. Watch this. And do not be conformed to this world any longer with its superficial values and customs, but be transformed. Same word for transform here is the same word for transfigured when Jesus was changed. He says, I want you to be transfigured, transformed. He says, and progressively changed as you mature spiritually. Well, since you're home now, I'm believing God that you're going to be maturing spiritually during this season. He says, how do you mature spiritually? By the renewing of your mind, focusing on godly values and ethical attitudes so that you may prove yourselves what is the, what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect in his plan and purpose for you. Go back just a little bit. He says, by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind is, I need to get my mind shifted that my values and ethics and attitude become that of God. And the purpose of it is 
that I'm going to shift from whatever the cultural norms are to aligning myself with the will of God. The idea is to bring myself into compliance with God's will. Not to try to bend God's will to me, but to bend me to it. I told you this many times, and I'm telling you again, for those who don't have it, you ought to write it down. It's such a simple prayer. It doesn't even need to be on the screen. It's not going to be on the screen, matter of fact. Here's the prayer. My mother taught this to me. It has blessed my life all my life. Lord, what's for me? Bring it close to me. What's not? Push it far, far away. Lord, what's for me? Draw it close to me. What's not? Push it far, far away. If what I wanted is coming to me, then I'm thanking God and I'm asking God how this is supposed to work. I'm asking him for what understanding. If what I want is going away from me, I'm going to pray because I'm going to first check to make sure the enemy is not holding up my blessing. I'm going to make sure that I don't have a Daniel situation where there's somebody up there warring trying to keep me from getting it. But as soon as I find out that this is where God is at, I release it Either way, and I rejoice. Because if I don't get it, it wasn't for me. And if I get it, then I know God will keep it. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. In the, in the, the good news translation of that same text, Romans 12, 1 and 2, let's pick it up in verse 2. He says, do not conform yourselves to the standards of this world, but let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Let God transform you inwardly by a complete change of your mind. Then you will be able to know the will of God what is good and pleasing. So, here it is. I know the will of God, what is good and pleasing, by my mind being transformed in the way God wants me to walk. So I learned the will of God from what God wants to happen in me. Listen, the transformation changes how you see the world and all that is within it. The transformation changes how you see the world and all that is within it. It changes it. How you see the world and everything in it. In truth, transformation is an exchange of perspective from earthly to heavenly. It's a change of perspective from earthly to heavenly. I want God to transform my mind. Well, that's why, that's why some people, you know, who haven't been transformed, if somebody insults you, you mad at them forever. You mad at you, you go to your grave. I, yeah, I've watched some, some of these things going on in the world right now. I look at people who are still mad about stuff that happened 30 years ago. And I said, boy, are you sure? No. You, you, it tells you a whole lot. You, you still holding a 30-year-old grudge? I have folk come to me who did stuff to me two weeks ago, and they be talking about, well, I'm so sorry. I said, well, what you talking about? 
everything's fine with us. Fine. But but what I did, well, you might have to tell me because I really don't. Look, I'm not holding anything in. I figure like this, my heavenly father has forgiven me for too much for me to hold anything on you. Listen, you, your transformed mind gets over pettiness quicker. Don't tell me your mind's transformed you walking around unforgiveness. Don't tell me your mind's transformed somebody hurt you last year, last month, two years ago, and you still mad. Or before you even have the conversation, you got an attitude and you transform. No, you may be saved, not transformed. I'm, you can get mad at me you want to. I'm going to tell you the truth. You may be saved, and I believe you're saved. God didn't take your salvation because you're hateful. God didn't take your salvation because you're bitter. God didn't take your salvation because you're mean. You know you mean. Everybody else know you mean too. No, God got, God got some saved mean folk. They just not enjoying the best of the kingdom. Yeah, there are things that are withheld from you. Listen, listen. He said, no good thing will I withhold from them that walk upright. But there's some things get withheld from us when we allow our ego to get in the way of our relationship with God. God look at that. I can't bless that mess. <laughs> Woo! I don't have much time left, y'all. I'm working this thing tonight. I'm working it. I don't have much time left. But let me work this a little more. See, you've got to realize the transformed mind. Watch this. The transformed mind will be on the cross dying. And someone will say, save me. And that transformed mind won't say, look at him and say, you, you deserve to be here. I'm up here being punished. You, for something I didn't do, you deserve to be. No, because that's what some of us would do. The transformed mind will see someone and know they're a thief and still walk around with them. Because, see, I'm just hoping maybe, maybe you can change. Just maybe you. The transformed mind will have somebody named Peter walking around with them who's still carrying a blade. Let me tell you something. You, you see, I'm gonna mess some of y'all up. You, you think you, you get to the place. Mary and Martha are having a disagreement. They run to Jesus, and one sister runs Jesus. And Jesus start, said, "Look, Ed, I won't take that away from your sister." He doesn't belittle her for coming to him. He doesn't say anything bad about her. He doesn't say anything. No, because see, when your mind is transformed, when you're in another place, the stuff that would get to other people and things you might could say to tear, tear somebody down, you don't do it. So, I've got a few minutes left, and I've got two things I want to share. I need you to shift so that the throne room of your heart can be the functioning place for your inner life. You're going to need to get to it. And I want you to see this, this diagram. We enter many times with transactional prayers, prayers of intercession. At some point, 
we should begin to develop a transformational mind. The mind that is surrendered to God. A mind that is blessed enough where you can say, God, I forgive all. I want to walk in the love that you are because God is love. You, you have to know this, that you cannot be a loving person and be hateful at the same time. You can't do it. You can't be a forgiving person and call yourself a loving person. You got to, you, if you walk in unforgiveness, you got to get it right, transformed. And ultimately, you want to be able to get the throne and have the Lord on the throne room of your life moving in you and you resting in God. Okay. I got seven minutes to give you a seven-tiered gift. Here's my gift. Here's what I'm closing tonight. I want to offer to you a seven-tiered inverted order for equanimity. Now that word is a 10 cent word which simply means calmness of mind. There are seven tiers here. You will not find this on the internet. If you find this one on the internet, I promise you someone has just taken this from here and put it there. So all of these are our first runs. So, so just know that. Here's where it starts and it's inverted intentionally because if you're ever going to enter the path that really leads to a second level or an upper level, deeper prayer life, it starts with sitting. Sit down. And so you want to learn how to sit before the Lord. You want to, you want to take some time. And I want to say this week, I'm going to ask for 14 minutes a day seven minutes in the morning and seven minutes in the evening of just contemplative prayer. Just seven minutes in the morning and seven minutes in the evening. I'm not asking you to, to be beyond that. If you stay beyond that, that's great. I want, as a matter of fact, I want you to go there intentionally and I want you to set a timer so it doesn't become overwhelming. Seven minutes in the morning seven minutes in the evening. That's it. That's all I'm asking for. I want you to first start by sitting. And then I want you to get still. Stillness. And by stillness, I mean bring yourself in. You can breathe. Just get still. You ever seen somebody upset when they come in, they've been fighting or, or wanting to fight? You see there, they all mad, they breathe all hard and everything. I want you to be still. Breathe in and breathe out. I want you to get still. And then I want you to surrender to God. Just surrender. Just surrender. Just surrender. And then I want you to say. Now, in contemplative prayer, they talk about the sacred word. And the idea is you can choose a sacred word. Whatever the word is that 
triggers your mind to know that you are now intentionally not uh, in a sleep mode, but you're in a meditative or contemplative mode. So I want you to say, now, the easiest word for many believers will be Jesus. And so just softly and gently, quietly, you might just sit there and just say, Jesus. Now, I don't want you to keep going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. We're not tarrying. I want you to sit there. Somebody got that one. I want you just to just say it and linger in it. And then after you kind of gotten your mind a little quiet and you're not thinking about everything else, I want you to just be silent. Now, get this part. If when you get silent, a random thought comes in your head, you know, you're doing it in the morning, you still haven't had your breakfast and your stomach starts to growl, or a thought comes in, I think I want to stop and get me. Before you get dunking out your, your mouth, just say, Jesus. And that now puts you back into your intention to meditate, to be before God. Every time a random thought comes, go back to your sacred word. I use Jesus just now. You could use Yahweh. You could use peace. You could use shalom. You pick a word that speaks to your intention in prayer. It may simply be help. I don't know what it will be, but you pick. <clears throat> Find the silence. Allow the silence to envelop you. And stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Ultimately, by the end of this first practice, you will find significance. Now, I want to tell you about that word significance. For you, the significance may simply be that you did it. Not that you had a great revelation, but that you were able to spend time in God's presence. Do not do this looking for some grand revelation because then that again almost becomes transactional. As though I'm going in to spend this time because I want something to happen. No. I want to be in your presence. I want to be in worship mode. I want to be before the Lord. In his presence is fullness of joy. I want to be there in the joy of the Lord, which is my strength. I'm not if if something comes, it comes. If it doesn't, that was not the goal. The goal was to be in his presence. When I was um, in college, my um, I'd call my dad sometime, and my favorite hymn was, Father, I stretch my hand to thee, no other help I know. It was transactional. I was calling out of need. 
he finally picked up on it and I finally picked up on it that we had lost relationship and it became need-based only. You get to the place where it's almost like, well, I got another basketball game to go to. I got another thing to do over here. I got something to do over here. And now all of a sudden you're doing those things and the things that really matter don't count. What is significance? If you can get to the end and simply be stripped to the literal substance of yourself and see yourself and what needs to be transformed and commit that to God, it is enough and God will bless it. Your mind will be quiet. Your spirit will be quiet. And nothing can separate you from the love of God. This is the word for the evening. The quiet mind for troubled times. Just be before the Lord for a moment. Just close your eyes and be before the Lord collectively. Just be. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know Be still. 